Well, if it's extra money you need at the pumps these days, if you're driving, it's patience you need. When you're heading to the airport, long delays to clear security and customs continue to frustrate travelers at major Canadian airports, Vancouver, Toronto, elsewhere. Uh, airport authorities, Vancouver specifically today, warning of long waits heading into this holiday weekend. We know there are a lot of issues at hand here. Staffing shortages on the on the uh, clearance side, on the security check side, attrition during the pandemic. They've had trouble bringing those people back in. More people are traveling, obviously, rules such as random testing and that Arrive Can app verification on your way back in. And sure, we're out of practice a bit. The transportation minister was eager to point that out uh, last week. Uh, but honestly, I just took an international flight for the first time last month. It had been a while. It was a little bit disorienting, but really, it wasn't like trying to figure out how to change the clock on your stove uh, every year, every time we set them forth and, and put them back each twice a year. That's more complicated than going through an airport security check. It did take a few people a few extra seconds, but I can't imagine that us being out of practice is what's causing these massive, long delays at airports. It seems uh, just a bit ridiculous. But uh, anyway, I mean, it is slowing things down a little bit. Uh, meantime, Canada's transport minister, the same, says the federal government is doing what it can to fix the problems. Here's Omar Al-Gabra. We're seeing that the surge for demand to travel is putting a lot of pressure on our airports, on our uh, security system. We are making sure that we increase resources. We're working with airports. We're working with airlines to address this issue. The one thing that uh, that is a little bit surprising is they must have seen this coming. I mean, it's true that for a long time there, we thought things might come back slowly. We weren't sure whether there'd be new waves. Omicron certainly set everything back. But once that started to pass, you would think that right across the board, people would have understood that there was going to be a rush to travel again and a rush to the airports and to make sure that we were ready, maybe even overcompensate so that there would be maybe even quicker than you'd used to before the pandemic. But no, instead, we've had many long waits. Well, my next guest says there are indeed many factors at play, but there are some issues that could be solved quickly if only Canada followed the examples of some other places. Joining me now is Duncan D. He's a former chief operating officer at Air Canada and a member of the panel appointed to review the Canada Transportation Act back in 2016. Duncan D., welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. You've had, uh, you flew today. Um, you've had some personal experiences with flying over the last while. Uh, how have you just found, how have you found it? Cause I understand for you, this is, this is, uh, an issue born of, born of personal experience. You know, Ben, it is, uh, an issue born out of personal experience. Um, uh, my, my first experience with what's going on right now was actually in early April, but I'm happy to report that today the trip was relatively smooth. Um, but the plus side of that is uh, my itinerary today meant that I could avoid most of the bottlenecks. Um, you know, I cleared uh, security in uh, Moncton, New Brunswick, which is a relatively small airport where the lines were manageable. Uh, and uh, the immigration I saw today was uh, U.S. immigration in Montreal and not uh, Canadian immigration. And there again, the lines it was very heavy but uh, the officers were clearing customers in a very normal and uh, routine way. But you did hear anecdotally from your, uh, from your seatmate that things mightn't be quite as easy coming through Montreal itself. Yeah, my seatmate actually um, was um, chatting with me, as, as uh, uh, tra fellow travelers tend to do, um, when he saw me um, at the uh, gate waiting to board the flight. And uh, uh, I, 
he, I asked him, so how was, how, how was it uh, today? And he said that he had shown up at the airport two hours before his, uh, the departure and he barely made it, which was actually true because uh, they were calling uh, the boarding process uh, just as uh, he walked up to the gate. So from your perspective, what is the problem? I, I realize it's a bit of a perfect storm uh, in many ways, but what are you seeing here from, with all your experience? What are you seeing as the root causes of these big delays that we're, that we're witnessing at airports, many big airports in this country? Ben, I think you're right in describing it as a perfect storm, but in some ways, it's also an imperfect storm. Um, some of it is a self-inflicted storm, um, and some of it are long-standing self-inflicted storms. So what we've got in Canada are bottlenecks on the outbound, meaning people leaving uh, their the, the places they're flying from, uh, where they're encountering uh, huge queues at primarily Toronto, but also in Montreal and Vancouver, uh, for uh, security clearance. So what they're encountering uh, when they try to leave, um, they, they check in on time, they drop their bags on time, and they look up and there's a, at times, three to four hour queue just to get through security, uh, which, is, which is extremely difficult to manage because the rules say that you can check in for a domestic flight 40, 45 minutes before it departs or an international transborder flight 60 minutes before it departs. So a three or four hour line basically means you're missing your flight. Um, and then on the inbound, if anybody has traveled internationally, the delays are even more uh, dramatic uh, because what's happened is people aren't even able to get off the plane. Uh, what's happened primarily in Toronto again but uh, there are some uh, reports elsewhere, but primarily in Toronto, somebody coming in from a foreign destination waiting for their um, uh, flight uh, to actually get to the gate can have a wait of upwards of two hours. And when they, uh, they're only allowed to get off the plane 50 at a time. So you can just imagine on some of these large aircraft with upwards of 200, 250 passengers, that can take quite a long time uh, quite a long process. And again, when you're talking about uh, travelers, they're not, not all of them are, 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 are ending their trip in Toronto. A good chunk of them, up to half, maybe even more of some of these uh, flights will carry connections beyond Toronto. So most of these people would be missing their flights. They're going to have to make other arrangements to get home. So Duncan, clear this up for me because we see a lot of passing the buck on this one. And, and I imagine not all of it is unjustified. I mean, there is a worker shortage. We know that. Uh, airports appear to be stuck as well to some extent with that. Uh, the government's blaming travelers, other people, uh, labor shortages. But what do you see here? Where is the, where is the problem? Or at least what are the quick fixes here? We know we can't hire a ton of people really fast, uh, but it feels like something needs to be done. I think a lot, I, you know, as somebody who's traveled internationally in the last little while, um, I think uh, it's, it's quite uh, uh, safe to say that this is not a Canadian, uniquely Canadian phenomenon in terms of the rush to return to travel. Just people, uh, by the very nature of what's happened in the last uh, couple of years, are really eager to, to get to hit the skies, to, to, you know, to take a flight somewhere, anywhere, to, to experience a, a, a a return to some degree of normalcy. So yeah, there is that that is taking place. What makes Canada so different and why the situation in Canada is so much worse than anywhere I've traveled in the last uh, two months, whether it's the United States or several points in Europe, 
is Canada has stubbornly clung to some policies and procedures, which are, in the case of the pandemic procedures, either have been dropped by other, our peer countries, or they've taken practices from 9-11 and they've just never evolved uh, from that. And if you, um, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, I worked on as part of the 2016 uh, Canada Transportation Act review um, was in fact looking at the operations of the um, uh, air security agency in Canada, they're called CATSA. Mm -hmm. And when you benchmark them against many of the world peers, they have stubbornly refused to do many things that many of these agencies have done, which is use data and technology to speed up the process of getting through airport security. You know, they've got a lot of fancy new equipment, but they are not using much of that equipment to the full capability of getting people as quickly through security as possible. So how might that be improved? I think that the, on the inbound side, on, on the folks arriving from international destinations, one of the things that uh, would be a, a rapid and immediate quick fix is to simply end the pandemic uh, inspection requirements. So as of now, um, in fact, it's just increased today, but as of now, it's taking three to four times longer for Canada Customs and Immigration to process each customer, each traveler. So, you know, taking four times longer doesn't just mean an extra minute or two here and there. When you multiply that by the number of travelers that are coming through Canada Customs on any given day, the airports have basically said that none, none of the airports in the country are designed for that type of bottleneck. There just simply is not enough space, which is the reason why you've got air aircraft being held off the terminal gates while they wait for their turn to come in to, to drop off customers at Canada Customs. And even then they're only allowed to drop off 50 customers at a time. So on the inbound side, a very quick and easy immediate fix would be just to drop some of these things like verification of the vaccination status of a, of a traveler or, you know, the random testing that's done, you know, up to 4,000 tests a day are, are undertaken when most of the testing that's happening in the community is no longer happening. But, you know, for travelers, there's this desire by the federal government to continue testing them randomly. So when you've got 4,000 of them being tested every day, that's a huge bottleneck. Removing that would be a quick fix. I've got to simply say, though, that the Canada Border Services Agency, up until the pandemic, has been one of the world's leading agencies in terms of using data and technology to speed up the process at the borders. So this is not a criticism of them or their people. Uh, what it is, is the federal government stubbornly trying to continue imposing conditions of travel, which the U.S. no longer does, the U.K. and the EU no longer do. Many other countries have simply dropped and they're not able to deliver the service that Canadians, Canadian travelers have paid for at the border in an efficient or timely way. I'm speaking with Duncan D. He's a former chief operating officer at Air Canada, a member of the panel appointed to review the Canada Transportation Act in 2016. We've been talking about just some of the root causes of these huge lineups we've been seeing uh, at airports, uh, specifically in Toronto, but also in Vancouver and Montreal. And what can be done to try to fix it? We know there's a labor shortage. We know that uh, screeners, for instance, are having trouble uh, bringing enough staff in, that the delays coming through customs has been uh, much longer than usual. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a bit more just about some of the quick fixes and also some of the uh, some of the uh, solutions that have been proposed, such as perhaps uh, there were talk, there was talk of maybe reducing flights. That can't be a good thing, and we'll get to that after this.
I'm speaking with Duncan D, former Chief Operating Officer at Air Canada, a member of the panel appointed to review the Canada Transportation Act in 2016. We've been talking about just the root causes of these huge delays we've been seeing at airports, especially since more and more people are going back to travel. We still have lots of uh, lots of requirements in place around, around the pandemic and so forth. Uh, and uh, screening, too. Screening has slowed down. Uh, Duncan, I, I'm curious to know what you made of sort of some of the some of the reasons we've heard so far, uh, the minister, Omar Al-Gabra, uh, last week sort of suggesting that maybe travelers were out of practice and delaying things. I guess that's at the screening side, but uh, but but you think the, the, the problems are, are, are deeper than that. And maybe by reducing some of these rules now, at least in terms of verifying um, the, the, the uh, Arrive Can app, for instance, uh, when you're coming in, that some of those could be done away with. Are you concerned at all about, about removing that layer of protection? Or is the layer of protection already there if we just did you know analyze the data differently? No, I think that's absolutely. Look, I think uh, the minister, um, what what it certainly sounded to me would be like a hospital blaming uh, too many sick people for showing up. You know, it it was the most tone deaf uh, response I'd ever heard from a minister. But the excuses are starting to run into each other. So last week, he, um, the minister seemed to be intent on blaming travelers, or he called them out of practice travelers. Well, you know, if he's worried about out of practice travelers, he can wait another three or four weeks when the real out of practice travelers show up at the airports. And those are the families who are going to be taking to the skies for their first vacation since the start of the pandemic. You know, a lot of these families have young kids who don't travel very frequently. So if he's worried about so-called out-of-practice travelers, he just has to wait three to four weeks before they really show up. But one of the things that was quite um, amusing but uh, depressing at the same time was uh, you had the CEO of uh, Katza coming out and saying that he's short-staffed. And on the same day, in the same news story, you had the minister coming out and saying, well, no, CATSA is not short-staffed. In fact, they're staffed at 90% of their pre-pandemic staffing levels, while air traffic is down below 70% of its pre-pandemic levels. So you can't really have it both ways. And so I think last week he was blaming, the minister was blaming uh, travelers. This week he's now on the bandwagon about uh, not enough staff. Um, well, you know, if you just do the simple math, if you've got 90% of your pre-pandemic staffing and you're only processing less than 70% of travelers, you've in fact got more workers processing fewer travelers than you ever have, you ever had. And so, you know, enough with the excuses is really what I think travelers, Canadian travelers, um, uh, would want to say to the minister if they had the chance. It really is about just get on with it. Let's just fix this problem so that I can get on my holiday with my family that I've been planning for the last couple of years. As you mentioned, we haven't even really hit busy season yet, have we? This is the absolute worst time to be experiencing queues at the airport at any in, in any other normal year. You know, May, other than the Victoria Day long weekend is not a particularly heavy travel month. And, you know, when you're talking about the type of traveler, May tends to be generally business travelers who are more experienced. So none of those business travelers are particularly out of practice, like the minister would like to think. So, you know, if things don't improve into the next three, four or five weeks, it's going to be it'll, it'll be gangbusters at the airports uh, uh, for the summer. And the really quick fixes, if I if I get this right, the really quick fixes you've been looking at is 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 as the uh, airport association has been calling for is drop the COVID nineteen testing uh, coming in. We've been seeing fewer results, and try and speed up the the verification of the Arrive Can app at least. 
there, there's that on the inbound side. On the outbound side, I would just suggest to Katza that it would be nice if they were consistent. Um, you know, one of the things that I experienced, which I now have confirmed has been experienced at multiple airports in the country, is for for, for the last 20 years that CATS has been in, in existence, they've never enforced this, the, this rule. But now they seem to want all travelers to have officially branded and approved CATSA uh, plastic bags in which to put their liquids in. So right. the Ziploc bags that you and I and most travelers bring from home, for some strange reason, CATSA stopped accepting them when people traveled. And they're now saying, well, no, you have to use the ones we have here at the counter. And so you have all of these people fumbling with their liquids and gels, trying to get them into the bag that CATS is providing them. Sure, that only adds 45 seconds, 50 seconds, but you multiply that by the number of travelers and you've got a mess on your hands. The other thing is, um, with the resources they've got in hand, start doing things like what other agencies around the world have done, which is take pre-vetted low-risk travelers and expedite their security. Number one, stop screening airline crews, pilots and flight attendants operating the flights, just like you screen regular travelers. Did you know that the pilot operating your flight, that the flight attendants operating your flight have to go through security just like ordinary travelers do? And they forget that these these pilots and flight attendants have been pre-vetted, They've, they've had their backgrounds checked over and over and over again. And in, a, in effect, these are the, safe, the, the folks that you've entrusted your lives to to operate those flights safely. When, when you take the pre-vetted travelers out of the mix, when you take the air crews out of the mix, you suddenly have more resources to devote to the regular travelers. Duncan D., thank you so much for your insight tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it.